Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So, um, I have some pretty big news. Mm-hmm. Which is that my family now has a little kitty. Oh, that's exciting. Well, you had a cat before that has been I, I mentioned still on have the a cat. show. Indeed. Yeah, I have a cat, and now I have a kitty, a kitten. Uh, three months old. Doesn't have a name yet, but uh, she... We got her yesterday morning. So she's As we're new. recording this. So yeah. as this gets released, it might be a couple weeks later even. She's Yeah, she's very energetic. So my hope is that she doesn't run across my keyboard and uh, disrupt my recording. So, But that would be pretty cute. <laughs> that'd be pretty cute until I say, uh, you know, my recording stopped. We have to start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is less cute. Anyway, well, we're not going to talk about... Well, about... Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, that's obviously not the data science topic of the day. Um, no, no, I we're going to talk about data science I could probably stuff, talk yeah. about my kitten for 20 minutes. Um, yeah, what are we talking about today? Yes, so today we are going to talk about data Shapley, which is an interesting twist on a topic that we have covered before, so I'm pretty excited about it. All right, you are listening to Linear Digressions. So for those of you who've been listening for a while and have really good memory, you might remember that a while back we talked about Shapley values in a slightly different context. And so is this is a similar Shack- idea, but Shapley diff- with a K sound or with a P no, sound? with a P Shapley. Shapley. I rem- actually, I do not have a very good memory, but I do remember that word. Oh, I have no oh, idea what it means though. So I'm oh, it's na- yeah, it's named after a person. It's oh, somebody's okay. name. Yeah, it's like a mathematician, I think. So the idea of Shapley values, they come originally from game theory, and we don't have time in this episode to get into all of the background of it, but I'll attach links to some of the previous episodes where we've covered this stuff a little bit more in depth. But for a quick recap, the idea of a Shapley value is, it comes from game theory, and in game theory, there's often kind of the premises, there's multiple different players who are trying to achieve some kind of outcome through interactions with each other. And in particular, with Shapley values, imagine that you have a situation where there is a, there's a team that needs to get together to achieve some kind of outcome. The Shapley value is trying to solve the problem of how much value does each player bring to the team? Oh, that's right. I don't remember how this worked, but I, I remember this. That, that, that's, that was a cool episode. Yeah, it was neat. So the way that this comes up in practice for machine learning is that it's an interesting way of approaching the, as we were talking about it before in the context of feature importance. So one of the problems that you often have in machine learning is when you have to go to interpret a model to understand why the model makes the predictions that it does. It might have dozens or hundreds or or even more different features. And your job as the machine learning person is sometimes to say which of those features matter because people want to know that to feel like they have trust in the model. So the Shapley, if you think of the features as the players on the team, then the Shapley value gives you a framework for thinking about how to answer that question. Okay, so so I see how each player is like a feature in your algorithm, um, but obviously that is not the application we're talking about today. Um, no, today we are talking about data Shapley, which is right. a similar idea, but turning it on its head in a way that I think is really interesting. Okay, then what's the difference between Shapley values and data Shapley? Well, so Shapley values are Shapley values are kind of sacrosanct in all of this. It's just a 
calculation of uh, basically an importance metric. But with okay. data Shapley, yeah, the twist on it is what are you calculating the importance of? So with the regular Shapley values in machine learning, it's of a feature, as we've been talking about it. Data Shapley turns this on its head and says, what if we want to understand how important different data points are for the problem that we're trying to solve? Oh, right. Okay, so instead of, instead of looking at importance of features, you're looking at importance of data points. Yeah, because when you think about it, not all data points are necessarily created equal. Like, just think about a very simple learning task that you might do as, uh, I don't know, as a math student, let's say, when you're doing lots and lots of homework problems when you're learning math in high school. Some problems are not going to contribute very much to your learning because they're probing something that you already know, or maybe they're asking you something that's completely irrelevant to anything for the test. Like, hopefully not, but sometimes that happens. Yeah. But some of them are going to be really valuable. And so the idea that there's different data points that are teaching the algorithm different things, if you like, uh, oh, and then thinking about, yeah, how you can use Shapley values to assign different value to your data points is the idea here. Interesting. So, so I guess um, to repeat back to you to make sure I understand, um, what you're saying is that some pieces of data are more important and some are less important. And also some might be teaching one thing, whereas some other data point might be teaching something different. Like the, actually the, the math test example, sorry, the math class example um, was a really good one that kind of helped me connect it, you know? Yeah. So in the context of machine learning, like maybe here's an example that's pretty intuitive for people. Let's suppose that you have some kind of self-driving car set up and it needs to be able to recognize stop signs from a computer vision system. So you can imagine that if you are coming up to a well-lit stop sign, there's nothing in front of it that's obscuring it, uh, you're facing it head on, it's at the proper height, um, maybe it's even at an intersection you've passed a bunch of times before, that going and looking at that stop sign one more time and putting it as a training example into your data set not going to teach your training, your algorithm, anything it doesn't already know, right? Right, right. Because it already but, knows what a stop sign is. It just needs to understand a stop sign in context of obstacles or inclement weather or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like anthropomorphizing maybe a little bit inappropriately yeah, here to say, I, yeah, to say that it that. Like, knows what a stop sign is. But it could say, but you have the right idea that it, in this particular instance, it's really good at labeling this thing as a stop sign because it's right. done it a million times. But you can imagine that there's other stop signs that maybe are a little bit more, they, they've got some kind of something that makes them different. And so they're harder to classify. Like maybe there's one that's at a, T intersection and instead of the stop sign being sort of next to the road like it usually is there's a tree at the the top of the crossbar of the of the intersection and it's nailed to the tree so it's in a mm. it's in a weird place or maybe it's dark out or maybe it's half covered with snow have you ever seen the stop sign um, that's upside down because one of the screws gets knocked off by someone exactly yeah right. so each of those uh, is teaching you, but you know, each of those is still a stop sign, right? So having seen each of those is teaching you something that's kind of different and interesting and arguably more valuable than just continuing to collect more and more data of things that you've already seen before. Okay. So I, I buy it. That totally makes sense. 
how how does it do that yeah so that is a really good question and it's it's actually part of the what makes this the most interesting so Shapley values have been around for a while. I think they were first invented several decades ago. And so the I don't know if the idea that they could be used for feature importance was only recently discovered by the machine learning folks because, you know, you have to be pretty deep into economics uh, to, <laughs> to come across this kind of game theory, uh, as I understand it. But point is... Um, They weren't used, Shapley values were not used in machine learning until fairly recently. And my understanding is that a large part of that is because they can actually be really challenging to calculate. So the way that you calculate a Shapley value classically is that you take all of the different permutations of the data that you can have. Like, let's take take the example of data Shapley here, right? Mm -hmm. So, and let's say you have 100 data points and you're trying to calculate the Shapley value of the of some 101st data point that you could add to your data set. So then what you need to do is you need to build a model for each of so you take that data point and you put it together in a data set with the first data point so you have a data set of two data points you build a model you see what mm-hmm. answer that model gives you. Then you take 101st data point with the second data point. So two data points, build a model, see what it predicts. Now you put it with the third, build a model, see what it predicts. So you build 100 models, and then then you do it with the 101st data point with the first and the second together, build a model, see what that does. Really? 101st with the first, second, and third together, see what it does. First, second, third, fourth. And the second, third. Yeah, so we're doing doing like the power set. Of literally all of the different permutations of the data, and then be swapping like a, yeah, swapping is that like the data point in and out. Or I don't, like I don't even like know. It might be worse than that. One it's really bad. Ninety-nine possibilities of two. Wow. Yeah, it's really bad. So combinatorially explosive to do the classical Shapley value. But uh, some of the innovations that have been made recently have been around approximating the Shapley value in a Wait. way that's pretty efficient. So I need to ask then. Has if so without the approximation because clearly that's what we need is some way to approximate it because that's just an untenable problem to at least my my gut says it's pretty untenable if you have a hundred data points and certainly if you have a thousand or ten thousand so did anyone actually calculate Shapley values before or was it fairly rare and just not very useful because it was so expensive. Well, I don't think that they came up very often in the context of such high dimensionality. Like they uh, were originally devised for understanding coalitions. So you're thinking of like different um, political parties that are coming together to form a coalition government was, I think, uh, the motivating example here. So in any kind of, yeah, in any kind of government system, you usually have maybe five or so major parties at the most. So then the Shapley value is pretty... It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're totally right that when you're looking at systems that have hundreds or thousands of different components to them, understand it, using this method to understand the contribution from each one of those components becomes very complicated. Okay. So, so then Shapley values were used in other contexts, and then an innovation was to use them in these high-dimensionality contexts uh, with machine learning, but... 
it was expensive, and so naturally they needed to find some way of approximating, uh, of approximating. Otherwise, it wasn't tenable. Well, yeah, and I think that even the proxim- the approximation is sort of a prerequisite for it to be useful. So, so in the context of the Shapley values for variable importance, I know they've been developed further since since we first reported on them, but one of the things I remember learning about them is how uh, it would use the... Uh, they were implemented on top of decision trees, and so you could use the decision tree structure to sort of shortcut a lot of the calculation that you have to do here. And for data Shapley, uh, likewise, there is a uh, an approximation method that they had to develop in order to make this tenable. So in particular, there's a Monte Carlo sampling uh, technique that they used, and then there is a way of figuring out when you're when your calculation is starting to converge and just cutting the calculation short so that you don't have to try literally everything it you know once it starts to settle on a value you can truncate it there is a a shortcut that they took so one of the things around data shapley is that it's not just that you have to do all of these different combinations of the data but you're training a model on each of those combinations so there's ways that they speed up the model training itself um, and then last is that rather than calculating for each data point independently, there's ways that you can group the data points together and then you train on the groups uh, and that gives you sort of an approximation of what's going on in those groups. So a bunch of different angles that they had to hit it from to make this all computationally feasible. But the outcome is this really nifty idea that as a machine learning practitioner, you can be using data Shapley to figure out what kind of data is most valuable to you as you are building your algorithm. And especially if you're in a situation where you are, you can go out and collect incrementally more data, mm, like you send the yep. self-driving car out for more miles, uh, you can preferentially um, get more of the more valuable data by basically targeting your, your data acquisition process at the stuff that is going to give you the most benefit, which is pretty cool. That's really oh, awesome. Oh, I just got your picture. Yeah. Of you and your cat. She's so cute. <laughs> She's fantastic. Um, so if um, if someone were wanting to read more about this, where would they go? They would go to LinearDigressions.com, where we have links. Well, so you can Google Data Shapley. You'll find some pretty good links. We will include uh, links to the original paper, and then there's a pretty nice write-up from a blog that I found pretty useful we will also include links to some of the stuff that we've had on the podcast before about Shapley values from some of our previous episodes, which if you're really interested in hearing about that in a little more detail, you might appreciate as well. Yeah. Don't Google it. Go to our website because you'll get those links. You'll get more linear regressions with the uh, the other episode we did about Shapley values. And you will get to see a picture of my new, uh, my new kitty, which will attach also on the episode she's really cute she looks very solemn she's wonderful anyway um i should wrap up recording for the day because i want to go play with my kitty i'm sorry katie uh, that's quite all right tell her i said hello I will. Uh, she looks like a really good kitty you 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 did a good uh speaking of like selecting Selecting little data points. She's a pretty cute little data point. Yeah, she's she's pretty good. All right. Well, um, 
until next week then enjoy your uh, enjoy your cat and you all out there who are listening enjoy your weeks and we will talk to you again next week Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.